Hello, this is Darrell Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, April 26, 2019. And on this report, I will be talking history, why it's important, why so many who also apparently think it's important seek to control and rewrite it until it suits their worldview. The Oxford English Dictionary defines the word history as having evolved from an ancient Greek verb that means to know. The Greek word historia originally meant inquiry, the act of seeking knowledge, as well as the knowledge that results. If one accepts that definition, then the reason for rewriting history to suit today's ideology becomes apparent, and that is to control us and our destiny by controlling who we think we are. Control of culture determines whose group or what group will dominate and determine what is known and believed and what is left unknown or unbelieved. In Marxist philosophy, cultural hegemony is the domination of a society by a group whose control comes through control of culture. It would be hard to control a society's culture without controlling and writing its history, for it is history which allows a people to know who they are, who their ancestors were, where they came from, were their ancestors people to be proud of, to be honored, perhaps even revered and memorialized through monuments and so forth, or were they people to be ashamed of in the terms of the dominant culture of the day? Continuing with our description of cultural Marxism and how it has gained control of our culture, we can see that Domination of society comes through control of culture and the ideology contained within that culture through control of all values, beliefs, norms, attitudes, and their explanations. The dominant group worldview becomes the worldview of the majority who come to see its values as good for all and even inevitable. The controlling group leads the majority to see that its view is the way things should be. Its values are thus justified and legitimized. Christianity dominated the West and its people for so long. It was so ingrained in the culture that in order for cultural Marxism to control and dominate, Christianity had to be destroyed as the majority worldview because the two are not compatible. Christianity was so commonplace and accepted that even those who followed a different religion or who didn't accept any religion as true, understood that it was good for society, so they accepted its cultural dominance. Now it seems that we are embarrassed or not permitted to even say the word Christian, lest someone hear us and lift himself out of the mind prison that has been carefully built for him, reporting on the recent terrorist attacks in Sri Lanka, in which more than 300 Christians attending church on Easter were massacred. Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton could not bring themselves to say the word Christian, listing the victims instead as, quote, Easter worshipers. Both used the expression almost simultaneously, which leaves little doubt that the expression was planned and discussed in advance, nevertheless, through the phenomenon of hive think. I've heard the expression many times since then. That is cultural dominance at its most obvious. Christianity is so fearful, so dangerous to cultural Marxists, they can't or won't even say the word. We can't be allowed to know that Christians are being massacred all over the world and even here in America. They first erase the word from the history books 
and the school books, then from the minds of our children, through school indoctrination, then through politicians and celebrities who fancy themselves thought leaders. Their plan has worked remarkably well. They now have almost complete control of the culture. Christian clergy, quite often it seems, are pedophiles, rapists, are guilty of some other egregious offense, at least the ones on TV and in the movies are. These revisionists don't seem to understand that if Christianity is true, then all their machinations are only prophecy fulfilled, and if it is not true, then why are they so afraid of it? Many in France are urging Mr. Macron to rebuild the burned-out Notre Dame Cathedral with glass and steel instead of wood and stone, with a minaret tower as in Islam instead of the medieval steeple that stood over Paris for 800 years. I have little doubt that the destroyers of history will have their day. The cathedral will reflect the modern cultural Marxist vision of what the new France looks like. Just as in times past, politicians of today give in to their zealot followers who seek to rewrite history and remove any photos, any statues that might fall short of their version of modern morality. Often their hypocrisy screams out at us from the front pages. They purge their cities of Civil War Confederate monuments while people of all political persuasions flee their cities for quieter, safer neighborhoods. In smaller rural areas, many textbooks no longer teach about America's founders and other great works of literature such as Huckleberry Finn are censored or removed from library shelves entirely. This destruction reminds me a little of the attitude of ISIS, which seems to be that history didn't exist before Muhammad, Catholic Notre Dame University, well, it's supposed to be Catholic anyway, remove paintings of Christopher Columbus, a Catholic, because the paintings offended the modern sensibilities of some vocal students. Normally, at the first hint of protest, university presidents whimper and cave in, sometimes the caving backfires, as it did at the University of Missouri, where enrollment and endowments are down since the caving. It's also important to study history because it allows us to examine the past in order to guide us today. When we study economic history, for example, for of our time on earth for the last 2,500 years, we come away with certain conclusions, most of which are not popular during this period of deconstruction. For example, we learn that despite all the derogatory information being disseminated by the new socialists today, about capitalism, it was capitalism which liberated the continent of Europe from the bonds of feudalism, which had reigned for centuries. In the feudal system, people were feudal serfs bound to the land, and the product of their labor was owned or partially owned by the landowner. The landowners at first started to bargain with the serfs for their percent of ownership, but as capitalism began to take Whole the serfs were soon freed from the land. Usually the serfs got at least 50% of their production, which is way more than many of us keep after taxes today. We want to be free under socialism, but in reality it seems we're headed in reverse or back into a feudalistic system where our labor is owned by the state. History reveals then that socialism is just a glorified system of slavery where the state as feudal owner of everything decides how much of your production you will be allowed to keep history 
also reveals the failures of socialism and therefore it is history that must be rewritten or erased in Nazi Germany and Soviet Russia. In communist China, as in Venezuela today, socialism reveals itself to be a failure. It has accomplished nothing of import and has instead murdered and enslaved hundreds of millions of people and impoverished whole continents. When a country like the Soviet Union or communist China refers to itself as communist, it is really trying to hide the fact that it is a socialist country because communism as yet to fully exist, communism is the promised future utopia that socialism tells us is out there at the ultimate end of the socialist rainbow. Communism will exist when all property and all labor are jointly used by everybody. Nothing is really owned by anyone because there is no private property. This promise of a worker's utopia is just a lie which is easily revealed by examining the examples I just mentioned. It is easy to see. But many push ahead with their insane ideas as if history had not happened. I will admit, however, it's hard to tell how much of the poverty, misery, and breakdown and division of labor existing in Venezuela today are caused by the socialist system under which its economy is managed and how much is caused by U.S. sanctions. That is another reason. I oppose sanctions as a form of economic warfare against people with a democratically elected government, people who apparently haven't harmed anyone. But brute force is the nature of government, and it is the very essence of power. I will give our millennials and Gen Zers a prediction on where their flirtation with the new elite in the Democrat Party who advocate socialism and their idiotic new economic system called Modern Monetary Theory, or MMT, will take them. The skyrocketing debt that it will cause will be even greater than the enormous debt that exists for us and our progeny right now. They will not be happy about paying the increased taxes for the massive debt service on all the free stuff such as health care, free education, free transportation, etc., and so forth, and therefore they will not pay the taxes. When they refuse to pay in large numbers, we will be headed for debt default, for national insolvency, inability to borrow, capital and currency flight, and ultimately for economic collapse, followed possibly by violence on a catastrophic scale, with much poverty and hunger, hunger following. Finally, folks, in conclusion, George Orwell said it best in his book, 1984, quote, every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten, every picture has been repainted every statue and street building has been renamed every date has been altered and the process is continuing day by day, minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right, end quote. Does that sound familiar? Maybe not totally, but soon, very soon. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.